Our scripture passage today comes from the gospel according to Matthew. It's from chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now before I read this, let's pause for a moment in prayer. Good and gracious Father, the Lord and giver of this wonderful season. Lord, you've given us all good gifts and you have given us uh, your direction and guidance. Lord, to shepherd us through all the uncertain moments and all the places and all the seasons of our life. And more than all these, Lord, you've given us your word, your scripture, and the Holy Spirit that inspired it. Lord, that we might know what is the good, right, and true path for us to walk. Father, as we come to this word today, Lord, we ask that the same spirit that inspired these words would inspire us now, that you would move in our hearts and minds, that we would hear, that we would read, that we would understand your goodwill for us. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a, just and, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if any of you have ever had the opportunity to be part of the birth of a child, you may have noticed it's a very dramatic event. I mean, there is. There is a lot of drama that goes into it. There's, there's anxiety, there's hurry, there's rushing, there's all people like kind of running around and yelling and giving instructions and there's lots of waiting and anticipation. There's joy, there's happiness, there's laughter, there's tears. I mean, it is one of the most dramatic moments in human life. Now, I've had the privilege to, to be present at the birth of four children. And all of them were dramatic. They all were dramatic and they all had their own sense of drama and and but because of the circumstances of my kids birth we had some longer stays in the hospital than most people get and i had a lot of time to sit and think and reflect on this drama and i and i thought to myself if this was a movie if this this whole scene we had with the movie the birth of these children what would our roles be i don't, I don't mean roles like mom dad baby i mean 
what would the title of them be? If the credits rolled after the movie, where would we be? Or, or if we were going to get awards, nominated for an award for our acting or our play in this drama, what kind of award would we get? Like, for example, the baby, okay? He's the star. No doubt about it. That is the star of the show, all right? He would be awarded, you know, the star, what do they call that award? Best, leading act, best actor in the leading role. You know, he has the leading role. Everybody can't wait to see this new baby, right? Now, mom, her role's a little bit more complicated, okay? Because at the beginning, she's also got a leading role. All the focus is on her. The camera is on her the whole time. But then after the baby's born, she kind of takes a best supporting role, right? That would be her, supporting actress. The dad, however, the dad I quickly came to discover is a featured extra. That's, that's the dad. And look, I'm not complaining, okay? I'm not complaining. There, it is, those roles are completely justified, completely 100% justified, right? I mean, it's, it makes sense that the baby is the star of the show because this is literally a new human being coming into the earth, right? Nine months ago, this being didn't exist at all. And now he's finally being born and coming into life. He's the star, no doubt. Mom, she deserves star status too. All the awards and accolades. I mean, she carried the child for nine months. She had to give birth. I mean, there's so much of a burden that goes on the mother. They deserve the starring role, right? And let's be honest, the dad really is the featured extra, okay? I mean, I'm not a total extra because I do get my name in the credits at the end, but I'm just the featured extra. I mean, my job is just like carrying bags. That's in the whole birth drama. That's what I do. I carry bags. I drive the car. Baby, you need some coffee? You okay? Anything I can do for you? That's, that's dad's role. And it makes sense. And, and this story, the same roles, right? Who's the star? Jesus, the new baby, the savior of the world. He's the one we all want to meet. He's the star of the show. The best supporting actress in there is his mother, Mary. She's found favor in the eyes of God. She's carrying the son of God in her womb. Big role. What's Joseph do? I mean, think about it. all the pictures you see at Christmas. What's Joseph doing? He's leading the donkey. That's, that's his job, is he's leading the donkey. That's the role that he gets, a, a featured extra role. Joseph does get forgotten a lot. In fact, in, throughout the Gospels, at some point, he just disappears. At the last that I can tell we hear from Joseph is in Luke when Jesus is 12 years old and he is left in the temple and his parents almost leave him behind. Mom appears continually throughout. She gets a lot of speaking parts still. Got a great monologue at the beginning. But Joseph kind of just fades away. Kind of eventually gets forgotten. Not only in the story of Christmas, but in the story of Christ. There was an uh, acting coach by the name of Konstantin Stanislavski. He was considered the, the father of modern acting. And he noticed when he had his parts that people who had the small roles would sometimes play them small. And it really frustrated him because it took away from the whole drama. If you the people in the background and the extras and the featured extras and the chorus, they weren't putting as much passion into their role as the star. And as a consequence, the whole production suffered. So Stanislavski came up with this saying you've probably heard before. There are no small 
roles, there are only small actors. Meaning there are no insignificant roles in the production we put on. There might be some actors of small stature, but every single role is important. And what Stanislavski tried to get from his actors is no matter what your role was, that you play it with equal passion and commitment. From the very smallest to the largest and most prominent. And I love that philosophy. Whatever your role is, you play it with passion and commitment. And what a great role for life, too. Whatever your role is in life, whatever you find yourself doing in life, you play that role and you execute it with all the passion and the commitment that you can muster. You see, some of us think that, that we have small parts. Some of us think that we have insignificant roles in life, that we're not one of the big guys. We're not a big famous politician or an actor or somebody famous or a great influencer or an Instagram or, or, or whatever the social media hype is today. That we don't we think we're as important. We don't have as big a role as other people do. Now, according to the world, maybe we don't have that big of a part. But let's remember, though, this isn't the world's production. Now, the world likes to step up and think it's their production, but if this was a play, the great drama of life, this production doesn't belong to the world. It belongs to God. He is the producer in this great epic of human life. And in His production, there are no small parts. Every part in God's drama is critical. You take, take Joseph, for example. Take Joseph, see what we got here. He looks like he's got a small part, right? He's just leading the donkey. Real small part in the drama, right? But look closer. Look closer at what he's doing. Joseph has been entrusted with guarding the Son of God. That's not a small role at all. That's a huge role. God looked at Joseph and he said, this is the man that I'm going to trust to raise my only son. This is the man that's going to guard him through the most formative, the most delicate years of human life. And this is the man I'm choosing to do this. It's a big responsibility. It's an incredible honor as well. And you know what made Joseph special? It wasn't his talent. It wasn't his fame. It wasn't his wealth. He didn't have any kind of superpower that made him great at being the stepfather to the Son of God. What made Joseph special is that he was willing to play the part God gave him with passion and commitment. He was willing to give it all to whatever God asked him to do. And in doing so, Joseph gives us a great model and how you and I, all of us, we can play our role with the same passion and commitment that Joseph did, no matter what the role is that God gave us. See, when I look at this story here about Joseph, I see, I see four qualities that Joseph had. And these are the four qualities that enabled him to play this role that God gave him with the passion and commitment that the role required. And the first thing Joseph had, the first thing we notice about him is that he was a righteous man. Look at, look at verse 19. It says, Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
It says here right here that it says Joseph is a just man. Um, the, the Greek word is dikaios. And, um, and it's better translated as righteous. And you'll see that sometimes in the old King James Version saying Joseph was a righteous man. And in the ESV today it said a just man. But it, it comes out to the same thing. And it always mean, what it means though is that Joseph did the right thing. That's what made him who he was. He did the right thing. He was righteous or he was just. So look at this, okay? We're, we got curtain opening on the drama, right? The camera starts rolling. We've got a young man, maybe not a young, youngish man, and a young girl engaged to be married. It says that they were betrothed. That's the same thing as an engagement. And, and this was a social contract. This was a public contract. It was probably made between Joseph's and Mary's family. And an engagement then is kind of like an engagement now. It means you're off the market, right? They didn't have a long dating period, but they, the engagement still meant the same. They're betrothed. You're off the market. You're going to marry me. I'm going to marry you. And there's an expectation, an expectation in this engagement period that there was going to be complete fidelity. All right, so camera rolls, right? We're open up. There's this young girl. She's betrothed to this man, Joseph. And lo and behold, she turns up pregnant. All right, so put yourself in Joseph's shoes here. This woman you're engaged with, she's found to be pregnant. There's only one conclusion that Joseph can come to in his mind, and that's that this was another man involved. So by all appearances, Mary has broken her contract. She's broken the contract of their engagement. And the right thing to do here, the right thing to do is to dissolve the marriage. And that's exactly what Joseph was going to do. He was a righteous man. And the right thing to do in this instance, because Mary had apparently broken her contract, was to dissolve this marriage. He was going to dismiss her. Marriage over, engagement done. We're not getting married. And we too, if we're going to play our role right in life, have got to be righteous as well. And that means doing the right thing. Even when it's a difficult thing, even when it's a hurtful thing, to doing the right thing. I mean, how else can we play our part unless we play it in the right way? These are the rules of us playing our part in life, the rules of righteousness, right and wrong, good and evil, the moral way, the laws and the commands of God. But it takes more than that. Righteousness is on the, only the beginning, and Joseph was more than just a righteous man. He was also merciful. Look back at what it says at 19. It said that Joseph, he was a just man or a righteous man, and so he was going to divorce her quietly, but he also said he was unwilling to put her to shame. And so there was this other quality he possessed besides the righteousness and justice. It was also the mercy and kindness. All right, so righteousness says he had to dismiss her. Right, but there was something else Joseph was feeling for this young girl. And by all accounts and estimations, we think Mary was only about 14 years old. And Joseph was probably a good bit older than her. And, and when he looked at Mary and he saw his, her situation, instead of being angry, he had pity on her. He was able to step out of himself enough that he was able to have mercy on this young girl that was suddenly put in a very difficult and extremely awkward situation in her community. Betrothed, and suddenly pregnant, and no dad coming forward 
to admit that he was the one responsible. Now, by all rights, Joseph could have shamed Mary. He could have brought her out in public and said, look what this awful woman did. And they shamed her and shamed her family and humiliated her in public. And she would have been, he would have been perfectly within his rights to do that. But Joseph didn't do that. He chose a different route. He chose to show her mercy. And instead of having this public shame, he was just going to, as it said in the Bible, dismiss her quietly. He was showing this, this quality of mercy and kindness. And God loves it when we do that. He loves it when we show mercy to people because it balances out our righteousness or it balances out our justice to give us a more complete righteousness. See, if it's all just about justice, then we can quickly become cold-hearted and even cruel. And if it's all about mercy and we forget about justice, then we end up becoming permissive and have no sense of right and wrong and ever. So we need a little both of those. We need a sense of justice and we need to balance it with a sense of mercy. And if you are going to indeed play your role correctly in life and play it well, you need to balance these out. Because mercy, after all, well, it just makes you a better human being. And sometimes mercy is the answer. Sometimes the answer is not justice. Sometimes the answer is mercy. The answer is kindness. The answer is forgiveness. Now, if we're going to play our role well, the role that God has given us. The most important quality we have to have, though, is the quality of faithfulness. That's what really will guide us in playing the individual role that God has given us. I'm looking at verse 20 here. So here we have our scene set. Joseph going to dismiss his wife, or I'm sorry, his fiance, because it looks like she's been unfaithful. But then this is what happens. Starting at verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So here our drama takes this, this, takes this dramatic turn here. Okay, Joseph, just when he's about to dismiss his wife, then God comes to him in a dream, this angel says, Joseph, don't worry. Okay, all that crazy talk Mary's been given about the Holy Spirit being the father of her child, that's actually true. You can take her for a wife. She hasn't been unfaithful. And I want you to name the son Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. I mean, wow, what a dream. Right, I've had some crazy dreams before. But I've never had a dream anything like that. But then to be able to have a dream and to get up the next morning and to follow that dream, that takes faith. I mean, I've had some pretty intense dreams before, but every time I wake up in the morning, it's like that dream, it just fades away. Right? I had a dream once where I figured out how to fly. I, I'm not talking about in a plane, like I could jump up and fly across the room. And it was kind of weird because in the dream, I had like figured the secret out. I'm like, oh, yeah. Of course, this is how you fly. And it made perfect sense in the dream. But the minute I woke up, I forgot how to fly. And it didn't, it didn't make sense anymore. And that's kind of the nature of dreams. I'm kind of, I don't want you to, my point is not that I have weird dreams. My point is, there's things that make sense in a dream. But as soon as your morning comes, they don't make sense anymore. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, that was just a dream. But for Joseph to be able to have this dream, to take this woman as his wife, to believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that put the child in her and to wake up with the harsh reality of the morning coming and to still believe in that dream, oh my gosh, it takes faith. It takes a lot of faith to do that. A lot of faith for Joseph to believe that the purpose that God had set him out to fulfill was his true purpose in life. That takes faith. And God has put something on every one of your hearts as well. Call it a dream if you like. A purpose, a design. And if you're going to play your role well in life with passion and commitment, you've got to believe in that as well. It's not believing in yourself. Right? That's the way the world wants you to think. It's a believing in who God made you. It's believing that the vision that God has for your life, the destiny that He has for your life. It takes a lot of faith to do that. And it takes courage as well. This is what happened with Joseph after he woke up. In verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. All right, imagine now the scene we got in this drama. Young girl engaged is found with child. Right, everyone's expecting Joseph to do the thing he's supposed to do and dismiss her, but he does the unexpected, and he takes her as his wife. Small town here, small community. You know what small towns and small communities do, right? They gossip. Imagine what it took for him to day after day as, as, as the pregnancy was developing to sit there faithfully by her, by her side as, as her husband. What do you think people were talking about? What were they gossiping about? I wonder if it was his after all. I wonder if Joseph did what he wasn't supposed to be doing. Or what kind of man is he to be taking care of this other, other man's child? I mean, he, he's not even, not even married yet, and she's already leading him around by the nose. I mean, just the gossip, the slander, the shame that Joseph must have been subjected to, and he was there taking it day after day because he believed in what God had given him. He believed in the vision that God had given him. You better believe. This took a lot of courage. It took every ounce of courage that this man possessed. And if you're going to be faithful, if you're going to be true to the vision God has in your life, it is going to take courage too. Every single day of your life is going to take courage to do what God asks you, to, to follow what He has put in your heart. You're going to have to endure the ridicule, the doubt, the criticism, people second-guessing you. People telling you you're dumb or it's foolish. It's a silly way of living your life. It's going to take you courage every single day to play your part with passion and commitment. This is no small part at all. Joseph did here. No small part at all. It took a lot. It required a lot out of him. I mean, how can it be a small part when God asked so much of this one man and asked him to do so much. It wasn't just leading a donkey. It was guarding the Son of God. Friends, I want to remind you today that your role in this world isn't small at all. It's not small. There are no small parts. There are no small roles. 
yours is critical. And the reason why I know yours is critical is because God requires a lot of you as well. How can your role be small if God requires so much of you? Think back about your life in the past. How much has He required of you so far? And He's going to require even more from you as your life unfolds. He requires you to be righteous. He requires you to be merciful. He requires great faith. He demands great courage from you. He wouldn't ask you for any of those things if your part in this life didn't mean a lot to Him. It wasn't critical to Him as well. Yeah, I know by the world we might not be big folks, right? We might not be the movers and the shakers. We might have the big roles, but let's not forget this isn't the world's production. This is God's drama. This is our God's great epic. And why are we so obsessed with big parts anyway? Yeah, that's the world talking. Right? That's just our pride talking now. If you're too worried about the size of your role in life, you're probably thinking about yourself too much and not enough thinking about how you can just play your part with passion and commitment. Or maybe you worry that you're just, or you might be insignificant. That your life might not mean a whole lot, that you're just going to get lost in this great big dark universe and this huge crowd of people that we share planet Earth with. I'm here to tell you, you do matter. And I know you matter because I know God is requiring a lot of you. Saying you have chosen to be here, whatever your role is. You have been chosen by God to be a part of this magnificent story that's unfolding before our very eyes. So yeah, maybe you are just leading the donkey, you know, but somebody's got to lead the donkey. The donkey's not going to lead itself. But if you do it with righteousness, you do it with kindness, you do it with faith, you do it with courage, then you've done it well. All God is going to ask of you is to play your part with passion and commitment. Whatever it is He's asked you to do. And truth be told, if you remain faithful in what He's given you, all these questions about how important you are, how insignificant you might be, well, those questions just fade away. And if you think about it, the most famous people among us, they're the ones that are constantly worried about how important they are. They've got no peace at all. They're driven by senses of importance and and inflated self-esteem. All the satisfaction you need in life doesn't come from playing big, important roles. All the satisfaction you need is in playing your role the best way that you can. And that's how good things happen in life. That's how the Son of God came to be with us. One faithful man and one faithful woman playing the part that God gave them. And what God gave them was the light of the world. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.